I do not podcast with my mouth. He who podcasts with his mouth has forgotten the face of his father. I podcast with my heart. So we got our buzz on. Welcome to Buzzed Off Film, a break from your regularly scheduled programming high on film. This is the sister podcast, our spoiler-free mini-review episode, mini-episode review shows of brand new movies. Your favorite independent podcast reviewing only the biggest Hollywood blockbusters. Flop or otherwise. And of course today, we're reviewing the much-anticipated, by yours truly, The Dark Tower. In this, the year of our Lord, 2017, directed by Nicolas Jarcel, and written by Hollywood royalty of the failed blockbuster Akiva Goldsman, Jeff Pinker, Anders Thompson Jensen, and Nicolas Jarcel for the screenplay, and of course, based... Loosely off the Stephen King novels. The Dark Tower series, Stephen King. Okay. I'm Chris Maxwell. I'm your host. Welcome to another edition of Buzzed Off Film. Here we go. I, I know I have made it no secret. I'm a very open person, especially on this podcast. I love the Dark Tower series. My mother uh, brought me into this world as a fan of Stephen King, and my own proclivities drew me straight to the Dark Tower, a sci-fi western masterpiece uh, by Stephen King that he wrote over, I don't know, 20, 30 years of his life in seven books, now eight. Uh, he has a new edition that came out in 2012, I believe. And finally, after years and years of development by Ron Howard, talks of shows and movies and shows that sometimes were movies, we finally have one movie by the aforementioned names, and here we go. Did I say I'm Chris Maxwell? I think I did. If not, there you have it again. With me as always. The man who's right to my left. The mother of dragons. One of Earth's mightiest heroes. The walking Kevin Bacon game. The podcaster of disaster. And the Brad Davis that God gave us. My friend and co-host. Cy Bradshaw. Brad Davis. Hi. Hello, Brad. They don't say that in the movie, but Psy is a term of respect and oh. honor in the Dark Tower books. Oh, cool. Yeah. Roland Psy, Brad Psy, I guess I should have said. Brad's, Bradshaw Psy. Gotcha. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing okay, Brad. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and apologize right now uh, for dragging you to this movie. Sure. I know you haven't read these books. No, I have not. I... You're not a big Stephen King fan either, uh, anyway. Uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I just haven't read a lot of his books. Uh, I mean, I typically enjoy his uh, the movies that, that have been adapted from his books, but yeah, not overall. Nothing, nothing special. Yeah. Well, I mean, we both had somewhat of a invested interest in this movie because of this podcast's invested interest in Mr. Matthew McConaughey. Sure. And he here plays the antagonist. Yeah. Um, but the reviews were not great. No. The previews, the marketing, other than that one poster of uh, the upside-down New York skyline, I think was all terrible. Yeah. But my curiosity just drove me. I had to know. I had to know the truth. What was this Dark Tower movie going to be about? Seven books, but this they said, you know what? It's coming after the books. It's a cyclical series, so that didn't bother me straight off. 
But let's not uh, put the horse before the cart, or the cart before the horse. You want the horse before the cart. Typically. Yeah, typically. <laughs> let's get into our first segment. It's called Movie Trailer Voices. If you know nothing about the Dark Tower series, the Dark Tower movie, or... That's probably about it. Mm-hmm. Well, here we go. We have two personally tailored movie trailers for you right now. Brad Davis, what is your Dark Tower movie trailer voice? <clears throat> Jake is a troubled kid. He dreams about a gunslinger, a man in black, and the end of the world. When his mom and shitty stepdad try to commit him, he finally finds a portal to the midworld. He meets the gunslinger and they work together to try to kill the man in black. Will they stop him or will he end existence by destroying the Dark Tower? Find out, only if you have to see it because you read the book, series, The Dark Tower. That's true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Only those with a morbid curiosity should really see this movie. Yeah. And even then, I was told that before I even saw it, and even now I'm like, oh no, I did, probably didn't need to see this. Fair. <clears throat> you ready for mine? Ready. <laughs> it might sound strangely similar. What? No way. Existence is crumbling. Monsters are coming. The man in black is waiting. Stephen King's sci-fi opus finally takes cinematic root as we follow the young and troubled Jake Chambers through another dimension to meet a mythical gunslinger and return to have a one-way shootout and leave you wanting in every way possible. If this is artistic existence, let it crumble. This summer, The Dark Tower. (laughs) Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's very accurate. Well, I, I, I mean, let's not waste any time here. Let's jump right into to pee or not to pee. I think there's going to be a very quick segment, mm-hmm. uh, a.k.a. you're in, you're out. Brad, is there any time uh, during this 95-minute movie that you think is safe to go pee? Or uh, maybe you shouldn't risk it because you don't want to miss something really, really cool that's coming up in this film. I mean, I would say in a 95-minute movie there is probably... No time where you can't go pee. In a 95-minute movie or in this 95-minute movie? In this 95-minute movie. Okay. Over, fair point, actually. Like, I feel like any hour and a half, like, even before this movie, I was like, do I, do I need to pee again? I was like, it's an hour and a half. I can almost always make it through an hour and a half movie without, even if I have to pee a little Exactly. Bit. Normally, with a 90-minute movie, a high-on-film-approved runtime, Love it. I would normally recommend peeing before you go in and sitting for the hour and a half. Yeah. It's not that long. But. But this movie is an exception. It, there's one moderately cool scene about an hour in. Hmm. Which scene is this? That's the gunslinger shooting people. <laughs> Which is hilarious that that's not every scene of this uh, movie. Right. But, yeah. But, yeah. No, no, I know like the one about. cool one. The siege on the village. Yes. Kind of badass, actually. Yeah. Uh, but that's literally about it. Well, we'll get to that. Now. We'll get to my thoughts on that in a minute. Cool. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Go whatever. It's not like this is hard to understand. Nope. And even the parts that are a little more conceptual are so hammered into you. It's hard to imagine you not understanding the well, vague storyline that's going on. It's so vague. It's so bare bones. And they even give you information because it does help 
build the world, but it's kind of unnecessary for what the plot is. Like they give okay, you, yeah, they, they throw in little little uh, pieces of backstory that, uh, as someone who hasn't read the books, I'm like, oh, okay, this is more overall kind of what either one of the books or the overall series involves. But none of it actually is relevant or consequential to what takes place in the movie, really. Yeah. Other than what the Dark Tower... Do you have a specific of what you're talking about? Like, what kind of backstory they threw in that you were like, oh, okay, that kind of contextualized things for you? Um, that doesn't give too much away? Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess... I don't have a great example, no. I mean, like, the gunslinger's backstory with his father... Okay, Dennis Haysbert. Yeah. Idris Elba's the gunslinger, I mean, Matthew McConaughey, the it, man in black. It gives you the revenge plot, I guess. Sure. But other than that, it, it means nothing. Um, the, the abilities that Jake has are, are fairly, yeah, the uh, irrelevant from the shining. Yeah. It's so there's a lot of Stephen King averse in this, but it's, it's fairly irrelevant to what actually takes place. And then when they yeah, actually do is. have significant things of like these kids minds being warped or something, but, it, and also we were never really explained what that does or what the purpose no. of that is. Yeah. True. Very true. I will say Jake's abilities are uh, much more subtle in the books. They're never even referred to outwardly as a shine. Oh, wow. Which is... But, they I mean, refer it's, to it multiple times like that in this book. Oh, again, over the head. Yeah. Uh, which I don't really mind because I like the Stephen Kingiverse of it. Yeah. And I it was always implied in the books anyway. So... Take that for what you will. Right. Uh, you know what? We're, we're, we're sliding right into our next segment for what it's worth, where we measure the price of admission against our own admission, uh, our own admission, our own opinions. $15 to see this, this thing, this addendum. Yeah. Um, and I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, I know the internet has had a lot of problems with a lot of the changes to it. Uh, one of the most racial problems is uh or racist problems is that Idris Elba is a black man playing a gunslinger who is explicitly described as white in the books uh but that also has a racial plot line that comes into pl play that this does not nor do I mind that I actually don't mind any of the changes my biggest problems is that this is not a well-told story or a well-made movie there is no character development there is no stakes there is nothing exciting the climax is barely climactic. It's relatively boring. Yes. The, it's 90 minutes that are pretty boring. The 90 minute part is the best part about this movie, other than I'd say Idris Elba, yes. who I think is always terrific, and even he has very little to work with, and uh, our, our Jake Chambers, the, the kid. Tom, Tom Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. Good. Tom the Toolman Taylor. I thought he does a very good job. Uh, yeah, I did too. He was interesting. Yeah. He... he, he Talk about doing a lot with a little, because man, they don't give him much to work with, and he did a nice job. I was impressed with him. Yeah, but this movie plays, it, it's it's funny, because it plays, as I said, in a cyclical universe as a as a sequel to the books, um, but because of the repeating storylines, is a very, very annotated cliff note version of dark tower if you need a vague idea of what the dark tower is about you can watch this and come away with the idea of what it's about but with none of the best parts 
and none of the suspense or excitement or horror or humor. <laughs> From what you've told me about these books, because you've discussed these books with me a I lot. Have. I have. I read the majority of the books when we were living together. Yes. <laughs> so I at least have a concept of what it's supposed to be and how it's such kind of a... Uh, a pulp culture, yeah, like uh, combination, ma- maglamate, ma- ma- amalgamation, ma- amalgamation, yeah, uh, of so many different things, and it's a pretty, and it's a very high concept. Yes, uh, uh, I love that you put line. it that way. That's a great way it's to put it. It's such a high, high concept, concept. Pl- plot line, and this is just the most simplistic. And this is exactly what I was concerned about when I was going into this, just knowing what the books were, seeing it's a 90-minute runtime and seeing the trailer, I was like, this is going to be the most basic concept you can. Revenge story, stop one guy, this kid has problems, he meets uh, a, a father figure-esque character, they work together, that's yeah. we, we have to stop him from doing this, that is it. Yeah. And that is exactly what it is. And I'll tell you, I, I think this even emphasizes revenge story too much. I think it takes a little of the nobility out of the gunslinger. Sure, there's revenge elements in the books, but it's not a revenge story. It's a story to save existence. Uh, like and this it, man's and this dealing m- with his duty to the greater good of all existence. And not in this just... movie, he basically casts that aside. He yes. says it's all about revenge. Yeah. It just happens that his revenge tale also keeps the Dark Tower intact. Right. And the kid's story is more about saving the Dark Tower. Yeah. Um... I do look at this movie and I am I see potential, not for it in this way, but give me a five season television show mm-hmm. about this, and I am very much on board, even if it was still Idris Elba in the main role. Hell yeah. Yeah. And and this kid. Um but you're right. No stakes at all, no character development at all. Matthew McConaughey's bad. Yeah. He's really bad in this movie. Jerry Lewis hair dye job. He's miscast. You've talked about this so many times before when it involves Will Ferrell, where when you keep them in a box and don't let them stray into their own, doing their own thing and playing their own, you know, whether it's Will Ferrell or Matthew McConaughey, letting them get out of control and just completely dominating the role with their own ideas, that's that gets way too far outside the box, and that's exactly what happens in this movie. Restrictions breed creativity, and it's never more true than with those two actors. Yes. Like, when you look at Will Ferrell in something like Stranger Than Fiction, it's like, yes, this is where he works perfectly. He still has his... Much like Jim Carrey in Truman Show. Sure, of course. Similar thing. And McConaughey in True Detective. Yeah. You keep them in a structured. He's universe. even a little loose there. A too, little loose yeah. there, but it works. I would for say the Dallas character. Buyers Club, actually. Yes. Yeah. yeah probably a little, a little more accurate. But either way, he is bad in this movie, and he is so over the top. Where even in this poor of a written film and poor of a structured film, quite honestly, a more subtle actor would have done better with this role. Yeah. It wouldn't have seemed so ridiculous and so uh, silly. Yeah. Well, they're giving the man in black a lot more to do that's a little crazy and a little more fantastical and certainly stretching his part bigger. I mean, there's always the the adage of, you know, the less you show the villain, the scarier they can be. Yes. That's true in the books. That is not true here. Um, You see him immediately. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't even have a problem with. And it's from Jake's perspective rather than the gunslingers, which I'm also totally on board with, especially if this is a sequel, which it definitely plays like. Uh, It just is... 
it just doesn't work. Nothing works here. No. I mean, I I knew it was in trouble a lot of times, but what really was the kiss of death for me was that I heard a quote from Stephen King himself who said that it embodies the spirit of the novels. And I totally get that. It absolutely embodies the spirit of the novels, but it plays like a TV movie version. And it's not good. No. Yeah, no, the spirit, it's absolutely there. It understands what the Dark Tower is about. It is just poorly executed. Yeah, it's lazy. Yeah. It's very lazy. Yeah. Just for my sheer curiosity, I'm going to pay $3.50 to see this movie. Just because I, I love the book so much. I will pay $3.50 to see this, and I'll probably ask for about a buck fifty of that back. Yeah, I mean, I haven't see, read the book series. I'll, I'll say yeah. this. Watching this movie makes me a little more interested to read the book series, because I cool. actually want a version of this that doesn't suck. Yeah. Stephen King's super readable, too. It goes quick. Yeah, but I'm not paying a dime for this movie. Mm, there you I'm go. It's not. You're a smart man. It's too... I probably if, shouldn't either. If there was anything, even if it was like, well, McConaughey was really good, and... Like, even Idris Elba, who I really like, is given so little to do and to work with. It's just all very stoic yeah. and not interesting. And that's not his fault. It's just the dialogue he's, he has. God, I'd maybe pay the buck just to like, oh, this kid's pretty good. I've never seen him before. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm that's saying. That's about it. Maybe a buck? Yeah, 350 was the rental at uh, Video Times, where it was uh, one of my first jobs. So I'll pay that. Asking for a buck fifty back. So a buck each for Idris Elba and... Tom the Toolman Taylor. If I walked into a theater and like almost everything else was sold out and I was pretty sure I wanted to see a movie that day and I found up a crumpled up dollar bill in my pocket that I didn't You're know was there, <laughs> I'd maybe give that dollar and be like, I'll go sit in that movie for an, for an hour and a half. It also felt like most of the audience in the theater was wholly uninterested. There was more activity in our audience than I've been, that I've seen of an audience in a long yeah, time. somebody behind theater. us. I don't know what they were doing with a bag, but yeah. there was so much noise going on. Someone in the front row dropped something and literally jumped the... Uh, bar rail that separates the front of the middle row from the front aisle. There hasn't been too to many times it. where I appreciated the distraction, quite honestly. <laughs> but man, it, it was just such a boring movie. Yeah. It's so yeah. boring. Yeah, it is. For something that's so expansive and so much happens. Yeah, it's such a waste. Almost nothing happens. It's such movie. a waste. Well, Brad Davis, you just saw The Dark Tower. What are you going to do next? Uh, I really want to see Detroit. Oh, uh, Catherine Bigelow movie. Oh, this is from the uh, from left field here. I didn't expect you to say this. Oh, I, I knew I, you wanted to say this. But. Oh, that is top of my list right now. All I'm right. dying to see that movie. I nice. think it's going to be a tough watch, but I am extremely excited to see that movie. I feel like I've seen a lot of bad movies recently. We've seen some good ones for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love Dunkirk. Yeah, Dunkirk. I liked. I didn't love, but I certainly liked. I hated this movie. I hated uh, last night. Sure. Oh, you didn't like Transformers last night? No, I didn't. And Baby Driver was good. Baby Driver was good. You liked Spider-Man? I, I really liked Spider-Man. Come but on. I, I want something that I know is actually like Oscar caliber. Okay. I, sure. I am thirsting for something, just a high level quality film. And I'm pretty sure Detroit will be that. Yeah. Okay. Chris, you just watched The Dark Tower, and I'm so sorry, because you read the books that you had to sit through this. What are you doing next? Well, Brad, you know, there's still uh, that aforementioned Dark Tower installment released in 2012, The Wind Through the Keyhole. Hmm. I never read it. Oh. 
I did not know that. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read it. It actually is a, a backstory installment, much like my favorite installment of the books, Wizard and Glass, number four, where you actually go back to Roland as a young man learning to be a gunslinger. Oh, interesting. Oh, it's the best. Mm. And it's like, plays like a straight western, and it is easily my favorite book. Uh, four and five are my favorite of the Dark Tower series. Um, I recommend the whole series if you haven't read them, but I'm gonna go read The Wind Through the Keyhole. Uh, I'll make a, I'll, I'll make a plan with you to go see Detroit. I do want to see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm dying to see it. Yeah. All right, well, there it is. That's The Dark Tower. If by chance you wasted your money on this and you want to talk about <laughs> it, please email us at thehighonfilmshow at gmail.com or tweet at us at highonfilm. I'm at Cross Maxwell on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, Brad? Happy D, always GP, Twitter and Instagram. There you go. And I love you, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, also, on my Twitter page or on Tumblr, uh, baseball blog, love letters to my buckets. There it is. Uh, also, need to make a quick shout-out to Theronathon, uh, one of my new favorite podcasts covering all of the Charlize Theron movies. Uh, and they just did Atomic Blonde, and their newest episode is actually uh, Women Who Kick Ass in Films, uh, beyond Charlize's work which I'm very excited to listen to, but I haven't yet. But uh, they gave us a lovely shout-out, and uh, they actually hoped that we would be reviewing Atomic Blonde. I know you didn't get a chance to see it. I have not. But I would just like to say that I think they were a little higher on it than I was. Although I'm torn about many of the things. I'm torn about many issues. Um, Nothing's right, you're torn. <laughs> Nothing's right, I'm torn. But they give you a wonderful, high-on-film-approved to pee or not to pee in their Theronathon episode of Atomic Blonde. So please check that out if you need to know when to pee <laughs> in that two-hour movie. Um, and listen to them in general. they got a great show. Robin Hitchcock, uh, Regina Connolly, and Bob Shields do great work over there. Otherwise, guys, reviews out of Dunkirk, of Spider-Man, of Baby Driver. And you know what? Ka is a wheel. So undoubtedly, we will be back with another spoiler-free review before we start High on Film back for the fall episodes on September 11th. Don't forget it. All right, guys. We love you. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>